Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about a couple of things from Twitter. Plus, we're going to hear from some different local pastors. And finally, some good news. You're listening to The Common Good. everyone. Welcome to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com slash The Common Good. Also, wherever it is you get your podcasts. I know a lot of people are asking for podcast recommendations. If you know someone and you wouldn't mind kind of sharing or subscribing, rating, and reviewing, all of that helps us out. Plus, uh, in this season, we really want this show to serve you well. And uh, so if you go to the Facebook page, you can not only interact with the articles there, but you can send us a message. There's an article or a perspective or an interview or a thought that you would love for us to grapple with. Uh, we would love to serve you in that regard. Brian and I don't take this lightly at all that we're in unprecedented times and mm-hmm. we really want this show uh, to serve as a beacon of hope, of light, of encouragement, and, uh, and to hopefully be a resource for all of you. Brian, how are you doing today in the midst of everything? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I find myself doing fine, like normal day, going about my business. And then when I watch the news or read Twitter, I get really angry. <laughs> like, mm. I think I've gone from uh, a little bit of, it's weird, man. In the last 24 hours, I feel like I've gone from like anxious and fearful to really mad and not at the situation, but mad at our uh, elected officials who can't get on the same page like mm-hmm. I just quite honestly was mad when I when I watch all these people being like we've got to get this gut we got to get the economy opened up again, uh, like that's our like that's the driving force right now. And then you got all the doctors being like that would be the worst idea in the world. And I think it just hit me today. And the people out there could be like, no kidding, but I don't know why it hit me today. Of like, man, we are not on the same page across right. the board, and that's going to cost people their lives. And I think I went from kind of fearful to just mad about that today. I don't know. I've, I've really struggled with that today. So what do you do with that anger? Is there anything in particular that you found to be helpful when you turn on the news? And because I imagine you're not alone. Some people are still certainly in, in fear mode. Other people maybe are in apathy mode. What do you do right. when you're like entering into anger mode? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, uh, I go back to what I can control, right? Like, uh, all right, I'm staying in with my family. We're keeping safe. We're, we're together. I'm, I'm reaching out to my church. We're doing meetings, like what we can control. But honestly, I, when I turn off the news, I feel better. Yeah. Um, but also I think it's just, uh, it's just a reminder. I used the word apathy, like just to, there seems to be this new movement going on in the last 24 hours of people like the biggest, most important. And I understand the economy is an important deal, yeah. but like, like that, that is the driving force to our decision-making now is, is really disheartening. Cause I feel like, all right, we've all as a, as a community done a pretty good job of locking ourselves in our homes. Let's do all we can to beat this. Uh, and now to see like, we might go halfway with it. We might go this, uh, like, I just wish we would go, you know what, I'm going to, we're going to trust the medical professionals, people who are like doctors in this exact field. Right. Um, rather than having these existential conversations about whose lives are worth tanking the economy over, you're like, okay, that's a weird conversation to be having right now. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, it, it has all gotten very strange and it makes me worried not only about the virus, but it makes me worried about where this conversation even itself is going to go in the coming 48 or 72 hours. Yeah. And you, you kind of touched on it. I want to play a little bit of audio from uh, governor Dan Patrick out of Texas, uh, Lieutenant governor out of Texas uh, he made some comments that you were just alluding to. So I'm going to play that audio and then kind of get some of your reactions. 
living in fear of is what's happening to this country. And, you know, Tucker, no one reached out to me and said, uh, as a senior citizen, uh, are you willing to take a chance on your survival in exchange for keeping the America that all America loves for your children and grandchildren? And if that's the exchange, I'm all in. Um, And that doesn't make me noble or brave or anything like that. I just think there are lots of grandparents out there in this country like me. I have six grandchildren that what we all care about and what we love more than anything are those children. And I want to, you know, live smart and, and see through this. But I don't want the whole country to be sacrificed uh, and, I, and that's what I see. I've talked to hundreds of people, Tucker, and just in the last week and uh, making calls all the time. And, and everyone says pretty much the same thing, that we can't lose our whole country. We, we're having an economic collapse. I'm also a small businessman. I understand it. And I talk with business people all the time, Tucker. And, and I'm so my, I'm just my heart is lifted tonight by what I heard the president say, because we can do more than you know, one thing at a time. We can do two things. So, you know, my message is that um, uh, let's get back to work. Let's get back to living. Let's be smart about it. Uh, and those of us who are 70 plus, we'll, we'll take care of ourselves, but don't sacrifice the country. Don't do that. Don't ruin so this you're, great American So you're basically dream. saying that this disease could take your life, but that's not the scariest thing to you. There's something that would be worse than dying. Okay, Brian, moment of truth. How how did that uh, particular segment just hit you? Yeah, it hits me like the other stuff I was talking about. Like, like he he nuanced it in a lot of ways. When I first read the Twitter headline, I thought the clip was going to be worse than it actually was, but it was still bad, right? And the fact that we're having conversations about like, are there certain age demographics that uh, that we can put at higher danger so that our economy bounces back quicker yeah. to me is so short sighted too. Like what happens if this thing, because we go for the economy side of things, this thing just goes crazy. It's going to tank our economy anyway. Mm. And uh, I don't get it, man. I really don't. It feels like, uh, especially for, for uh, the wing of the politicians who claim to be pro-life to it all be talking about, not being pro-life in this situation, I really struggle with. And I just wish that we were, that it felt like we were giving our best foot forward to defeat this thing. And, right. and then I'd feel a lot more comfortable going, okay, and then we'll see what happens. But right now it just doesn't feel that way. And the fact that we're like now debating, now that it feels like money has become even more for some people than it has over a human life is just, it's like Lord of the Flies. I don't even know where we are right now. Right. Yeah, it's been interesting uh, for school. I've been reading Walter Wink's The Powers That Be. Have you read that book? No, I haven't. Man, oh man, it is it is a weirdly timely book to be reading right now. It's talking about the powers and principalities and how we need to talk about them less as like angels and demons with swords, but like the infrastructures of injustice. And one of the things oh, he wow. talks about as the powers, and he's referencing, you know, even like things like capitalism as both good, bad, and salvageable all at once is his quote. And I thought, Man, when we start seeing the debate, the questions, the, the moral crossroads that we find ourselves at when it comes to who or what we're willing to sacrifice in order for the economy, um, I, I could see both cases. That there was a pretty, a pretty clarifying article, Relevant, kind of addressing that particular clip that I uh, mm. would encourage you to read. That's over on our Facebook page. But it does really seem like we're in some 
some uncharted territory. I would like agree. It's, it's not just unprecedented. There's a lot of people who I feel like our instruments, our compasses are spinning all over the place and people are grappling to find some kind of solid ground. We were talking about this a little bit yesterday, right? When, when David says, you know, I, I will anchor myself in your word, oh Lord. Right. Like all the more important, I think, at this time for us, like you were saying even earlier, to have the courage at times to just close the laptop, turn off the news, to be really mindful about what it is that we're anchoring ourselves in. If I could recommend, you can go to thecommonrule.org, thecommonrule.org, and there's some uh, suggestions for different rhythms uh, in this quarantine state. In fact, he actually creates some quarantined rhythms, so some adapted rhythms for how to how to actually build some of these habits and rhythms amidst all the chaos because, I don't know, man, it feels like now more than ever, we, we need these rhythms in our life, and I think that's uh, that's really, really important. Hundred percent, and I just you know, Christ followers out there, we we have to hold high the sanctity of human life, and that goes for the old people too. Absolutely, and uh, you know, nobody wants to get out there and have normal life, normalcy again more than I do. Like I'm longing for it, but right. it feels like we're just jumping the gun here, and it's going to have some terrible repercussions. Yeah, I totally agree, man. Well said. Uh, coming up next, one of the things that we've done is reached out to some local friends to record some audio to share with our Common Good audience a word of hope, a word of encouragement. And uh, coming up next, I want to share some words from our friend Curtis Salter, who uh, who shared a devotional out of Matthew 6 that I think you're all going to find really encouraging. That's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. If you want to interact with us, you can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show. That's where we post all of our articles and audio files. And if you want to make a suggestion, you can message us there. You can also go to 1160hope.com slash The Common Good or wherever it is you get your podcast. And like we were just saying, we're in uncharted territory, man. This is unprecedented in so many ways. And we wanted to use this resource, this platform, to platform other voices other than mm-hmm. our own because uh, we think that's really important that the voices of Chicagoland uh, have an opportunity to kind of weigh in. So a friend of mine uh, who teaches at Judson University, my alma mater, who's been on the show multiple times, brilliant, brilliant guy. His name is Curtis Salter. Uh, he sent us a file, an audio file, with some reflections on Matthew chapter 6 that uh, I would love for you all to listen to, to grapple with, and, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll react to it. Greetings. This is Dr. Curtis Salter. I'm a pastor at a local church in Elgin, Illinois. Come as you are church. And I'm also the Associate Vice President for Diversity and Spiritual Development at Judson University, also in Elgin. I have a message today that I want to give the church. I want to give the body of Christ. And it's in reference to the coronavirus and where we are today. I have a scripture that I want to share. The scripture is from Matthew, the sixth chapter, 25th to the 34th verse. And I'm going to read part of it. And these are the words of Jesus. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body, what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his statue? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, 
how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for tomorrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. May God add a blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word today. These are difficult days that we live in, and none that have called God of God. The coronavirus works into God's plan, so don't be distraught or fearful. Part of Satan's plan for you and me today is to be consumed by fear. When everything is shutting down and closing up, God is still in control. Now, don't get me wrong. We have plenty to be afraid of today. God is still in control, though. God wants us to be wise. He wants us to be cautious. And he wants to be prudent, especially with the outbreak of the coronavirus. Do what our government officials are saying. Do what our health officials are saying. We are not to be foolish, and we are not to die before our time. Ecclesiastes 7.17 talks about this. But we don't want to be led by a spirit of fear. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. My message for us today is to say no fear, N-O fear, and not no fear, K-N-O-W, which is what the plan of enemy is. We know that fear is an emotion, but it's really more than an emotion. It's a feeling. We know it's a feeling, but it's more than a feeling. It is about timidity. It is about a lack of faith. Fear is the opposite of faith. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now, right now, today, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Satan wants us to be led by fear. God wants us to be led by him. Satan wants us to know fear, K-N-O-W. God says, no fear, N-O. In our nation today, yes, we all experienced it. There is a spirit of fear running rampant. Cancellations of major events, sporting events, conferences, terminations of international travel, maybe even termination of travel from state to state. No indoor dining at our restaurants, only drive-throughs, and that might change a little bit. Self-quarantine of the individuals in some states, three states in particular, the, the uh, guard has been called out to help with the coronavirus. Closures, transitions, online learning, my own university, most of our students are at home except our international students, and we're going to online learning. But we can choose faith instead of fear. We can choose to be led by God, led by our faith, and not by our fear, and not by flesh. In the scripture I read to you, Jesus reminds us, encourages us, in particular the multitude that were gathered there to listen to what he said, that we are more valuable than the birds of the air. We're more valuable than the lilies of the field. We're more valuable than grass. 
Jesus reminds us that we should be led by him. So I want to encourage us today to be led by Christ and not by Satan. To not be fearful. Jesus is our rock. He's our salvation. In him we trust and we have our being. We want to be wise. We want to take precautions. We want to choose faith, however, over fear. 2 Timothy, first chapter, 6 to 7 verse reads, Remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. Amen. All right, Brian, so in about the two minutes we have left, uh, what do you think of that? Oh, that, that call about tomorrow will worry about itself and don't worry. Uh, I've opened up enough about my propensity to worry. So every time I can hear that scripture and hear those words reminding us that God's in control, tomorrow will worry about itself. Uh, that is a great reminder for me every time I hear it. Yeah. And I, I wonder what you think too about, because I, I know that it's controversial to say, well, this is all part of God's plan or yeah. it works into God's plan or God is still in control, you know, some of those theological words like providence or sovereignty, like how, how do you grapple with some of those realities? Yeah, and it's hard to do in a minute, right? But I grapple right. with it in the sense that God, nothing surprises God, right? God, uh, and so in that sense, but I do think there's a brokenness to this world yeah. uh, that, uh, that causes things like, that sin and brokenness and causes things like viruses. And so, yeah. Uh, I do think that we can trust God's providence. We can trust that God is not going, oh my gosh, how will we ever contain this virus? Hmm. Uh, but that God works in and through the brokenness of this world. And I think we can trust him uh, even as we struggle. And I think that's an important distinction too, because sometimes we will you know, hang our hat on tropes like everything happens for a reason. Yep. Um, I think God can bring good from anything that happens. Correct. Just to be really clear, neither Brian or I believe that, you know, God sent this virus or that this is God's doing or any way that there is this, you know, maybe we use the word mystery, but that God enters into it, that he sees us in it, that he is close to us in our pain, in our grief, in our fear. And uh, I'm just, even if we don't agree theologically with every other voice that we share here, um, I'm really grateful for brothers and sisters both locally and abroad that are also grappling with this. So we're going to continue to share some of those voices, some of those perspectives coming up next. uh, Father Michael Sparrow, who actually uh, recorded a video a couple of years ago called Stories for Lent. Uh, And I think that has a particular application to what we're facing right here and now. So that's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins along with Brian Fromm. If you want to find us, you can't find us in person, nope. obviously, more so than ever, uh, but you can find digital representations of us. We're on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show. That's where we post all of our articles. Plus, you can send us suggestions for stories or interviews or ideas. Even, honestly, there's a topic you'd love to see us tackle. Uh, you can message us there. You can also go to 1160hope.com or wherever it is you get your podcast. And I mentioned earlier, um, we've been asking just some different friends of the show to share their voice in the midst of a really trying time. And so, in a second, I want you to hear from Father Michael Sparrow, who uh, I have loved for a long time. I think he's brilliant. But first, I want to give you a quick word from Thrivent Financial. I'm a Thrivent member. I love Thrivent. It's a Fortune 500 not-for-profit, and they've been serving people for over a century, and I love them for lots of reasons. But 
they might actually be a really good fit if you're looking for a career change. You can go to thrivent.com slash careers. That's thrivent.com slash careers or just call 630-598-2128. If you want to be your own boss or you have kind of an entrepreneurial drive or you just like helping people in their financial journeys, like Thrivent would be an incredible opportunity, I think, for, uh, for you to use those gifts. Absolutely. All right. So here's, here's what I want to do. This is, um, this is actually from a couple of years ago. It's part of a series that he created called Stories for Lent. And uh, I want you to listen to some of his perspective. I think even though it's a couple of years old, it's remarkably applicable to like this current moment right here. So this is Father Michael Sparrow, Stories for Lent. So I went out to sow some seed. And some of that seed fell on good, rich topsoil and produced an abundant harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. Today we begin a Lenten journey of storytelling because Jesus loved stories, and he used them as a way of actively inviting us in to contemplate the mystery of God's kingdom. Stories are seeds of hope. Our hope is that these stories will be planted in the good, rich topsoil of your heart and spring up to produce an abundant harvest this Easter. Stories for Lent. Our first story seed is about one of the great masterpieces of sculpture and classical art, the Statue of David by Michelangelo. Did you know that when this work was first contracted to be sculpted in Florence, it was given to a man by the name of Agostino de Duccio. He went to the quarry to select the block to begin the sculpture and discovered that it was a too narrow and there was a fault line, a crack in it. He abandoned the project. Another man, Antonio Rossolino, was brought in. He too studied the rock and decided there was nothing he could do with such imperfection. It wasn't until 40 years later that a young sculptor entered the scene. It was 26-year-old Michelangelo, who had a great gift for envisioning the man inside the marble. He set forth with only his determination, his chisel, and his tools to bring forth the masterpiece of the sculpture of David. Isn't that interesting? How Michelangelo sculpted such artistry out of a piece of marble that was rejected by two other notable sculptors. The same is true with God and with us. Inside each one of us is a precious and most beautiful person, a masterpiece. Of course, God needs to sculpt and hew away the rough edges of our personality in order to fashion and form us into the most beautiful creature that God sees we are, this Lent. Let's invite God to go to work on us so that we can be something beautiful for God then we will truly be God's masterpiece. Amen. Amen.
Paul's letter to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 49. Just as we have borne the image of the earthly one, we shall bear the image of the heavenly one. Watering the Seeds What are your rough edges that you would like to ask God's help in making smooth? What is it about you that makes you a special masterpiece of God? All right, Brian, we got a couple of minutes left. Uh, what What did you think of that? So that concept of stories being kind of the seed, that seed of hope. Uh, and I love that story of, of Michelangelo. And uh, I didn't know that story. Maybe you heard that story before. But the fact that God can fashion amazing things out of damaged pieces of marble. Uh, I think that's, a, you know, that's what we hope for our own lives. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. And that's what we hope for this greater pandemic we're going through. That even out of this, God can fashion some amazing things. Uh, doesn't make it any easier, but uh, trusting that God can bring good things even out of uh, what looks like uh, irredeemable, I think that's a great reminder of who God is. Yeah. Have you ever heard of the Japanese practice of, uh, oh, what's it called? Kintsugi? Does that ring a bell? It does not. So Kintsugi is this, um, it's the Japanese art of repairing like broken pottery by like mending the areas of breakage with uh, gold, like powdered gold or silver or platinum. I've seen um, that. Yes. It's the same kind of idea that like, even, even in the midst of brokenness, these not only beautiful things can merge, but even like serve as a reminder of how far we've come, like in the midst of all of this. And again, father Sparrow recorded this well before any of this was breaking, but I think the, the truth still stands that God is in the business of redemption, of restoration, of bringing beauty from the ashes. I think that there's something really profound to, at least for me, while we're still hunkered down in the midst of this, like looking to the future, like what is the tapestry that God is weaving even right now in our midst? And that isn't to say that we don't still take all this very seriously right now. And it's okay to bring our anger and fear before God. Right. I mean, I cannot wait like a year from now to sort of, yes, yeah, still grieve but also celebrate like the beauty that God brought from it. I don't know. It's, I, I think it's really important to keep both those things in perspective as we kind of look forward, you know? Agreed. Totally agreed. I think I have tra- tried to think about what's it going to be like six months or a year from now. Will there be, what will the stories be? How will we be different? How will our churches be different? I think even beginning to dream about that, I think can, can be helpful in this time. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. Well, uh, let's keep with this trend a little bit because it's been a heavy couple of days a lot of us, maybe you're listening right now, you're feeling the heaviness, you're feeling the isolation, maybe you're feeling even the grief or the sadness. So I wanted to dedicate an entire segment just to good news, just mm-hmm. good news, good stuff that's happening in the world. So if you're looking for a little breath of fresh air, uh, that's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for some... Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show. That's where we post all of these articles. You can also weigh in and give suggestions. You can interact with other people who are listening to the show. You can find us at 1160hope.com slash The Common Good on Twitter, at Common Good Talk, and on the podcast. So if you're a podcaster, we know that a lot of people 
are consuming podcasts right now. And if you wouldn't mind subscribing, rating, and reviewing, um, that actually does help us out a whole lot. You can hit that share button, send it to someone who's saying, maybe the last person that told you they're bored, just send this over to them. <laughs> say, well, I have a suggestion for you. I can't, I can't guarantee the quality, but uh, it'll at least fill the time. So It'll fill time. <laughs> how, how's that for an endorsement of our own show? <laughs> the common good. We fill time. It fills time. <laughs> it's just the common good. And then it's a two-hour show. <laughs> <laughs> a few commercials. <laughs> a few, that's right. So um, because we're in the midst of so much weightiness and so much gravity, and Brian, you were mentioning even at the beginning of the show, some of it's leading you to anger or apathy yeah. or sadness. And I know that you're not alone in that. A lot of people are feeling that. I wanted to dedicate a whole segment to just talk about some good news. I think it's important for us every once in a while to kind of come up for air a little bit and just yeah. celebrate some of the good news, the good things that are happening in the world. So I have three stories I want to share with you all. You can read them at length on the Facebook page, but uh, why don't you fill us in on the first one? Yeah, it says after, this is at our friends at Good News Network that we introduced the other day. After Couple publishes 3D printing guide for face masks, hundreds of volunteers start making them for free. How cool is that? Yeah, 3D printing enthusiasts all over the world are voluntarily making free, biodegradable, protective plastic face masks for healthcare workers fighting the COVID-19 outbreaks. And it's all thanks to a small business in upstate New York. Isaac Budman and Stephanie Keefe are the masterminds behind Budman Industries, a company that designs and sells custom 3D printers. The couple was inspired to start making the inexpensive masks after they heard about a coronavirus testing site that was recently set up in Syracuse, just six miles away from their home in Liverpool. Not only that, they read reports of how healthcare workers were in need of protective face shields. And I'll stop there. It is, uh, it is wild to me. A, I'm going to make an admission here. I don't really know how 3D printers work. They always <laughs> kind of confuse me. You, but you, B, you just, just Google how it works. You'll be amazed. Oh, will I be amazed? Okay. Uh, but secondly, like this is so encouraging. And I think the reason we wanted to do these stories on one hand was just to talk about the good that humanity does in yeah. times of struggle like this. Uh, I told you I'm, I'm a little, I, I'm, I'm a little uh, uh, on edge today, a little angry about the news reports I've been seeing. So my first thing, when I read this, I also go, Oh really? And we can't like mass produce lots of masks. <laughs> like, as oh, a No, no, no. This is, this is a positive only right. zone right now for this. But this for this is segment, a good Ryan. news. This is Good News Network. And so upstate <laughs> New York, upstate New York, probably a smaller type of company. And now to see that other other people are doing the same things with their 3D printers, I think this is awesome. Getting the masks uh, to the healthcare workers who are the real heroes in this whole fight. Here. And it's not just companies, it's individuals. Like people yeah. have 3D printers in their home, which I think is incredible. All right, I got two others I want to make sure we get to. Uh, the second one is people are now stocking little free libraries with toilet paper and food for neighbors in need. Have you ever seen one of these like, Oh, I got one up the street. Yeah. Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. So there are more than 75,000 registered little free libraries around the world, and people are now converting them into little free pantries for their communities during the COVID-19 crisis. And you just got to look at these images because these have been around for, what, three or four years, I think. Oh, at least. But yeah. now, now people are stuck. And it's, I really, this is, again, I know this is like a positive zone. I hope that people aren't taking advantage of this. Like, I just saw a video. <laughs> today, unfortunately, of a, a woman getting robbed as she was approaching her house, like her doorbell cam caught her walking to her house and guys jumped out of their car and robbed her and took off. Like that's still, yeah, that's still happening in the world. People are taking advantage of, you know, the lockdown. 
Um, but to see all of these little pantries crop up with, with toilet paper and food and like sanitary, I, I don't know, man, that, that, gives me a lot of hope in humanity, you know? Yeah, it's always, I always think it's really cool when they are libraries, right? Like you walk by and they're like, oh, just take a book. This is kind of cool and leave a book. Uh, but now to stock them with exactly what people need, uh, it shows that communities in neighborhoods, even though they can't be in contact with each other, uh, are still uh, reaching out to each other, still loving each other, uh, still supporting each other. And uh, it, it's, Again, it's what makes our our society, it's when it's at its best, right? right we saw it way back right. at 9-11. You see it now, uh, neighborhoods and neighbors and communities coming together. It's it's an inspiring thing. And I, and I also want to share it as an inspiration maybe to somebody else because I know that it is so easy in a time of fear or crisis to only think like self-preservation. And again, stay at home. Like I, you yes. know, in that regard, yes, but... I think it is easy for us to get caught in only self-preservation. And I, I would challenge our listeners to think about maybe what are even small ways. Cause I think it actually is like a muscle. I think the more that we just obsess internally, the more likely we're only going to think internally. And I think we need to rewire our brains and remember, especially for the Christ follower, like the call and charge to love our neighbor hasn't changed. The methodology has changed. That's right. But the call and charge, the invitation is not in any way different. And I think that's really important for us to keep out in front, uh, especially when we're fearful or we're angry or we're apathetic. And I think that's easier said than done, but really necessary. Okay, why don't you take this last one, Brian? The third one out of the Good News Network, Spider-Man voice actor is offering to record encouraging voice messages for kids during COVID-19 lockdowns. I love it. Dozens, perhaps even hundreds of children in self-isolation are set to receive messages of comfort from none other than Spider-Man himself. That's because Jake Johnson, the voice actor who played Peter Parker in the recent superhero film Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, has offered to record personalized voice messages for kids who may be having a hard time coping with the, no with the no novel coronavirus quarantines. Earlier this week, Johnson published on Instagram posts saying, since the quarantine, a lot of parents have DM'd me saying they've been watching Spider-Verse with their kids a lot. So here's my idea. If your child is home from school and wants a quick, encouraging message from Peter B., Peter, uh, then send me an email with their name and I'll try and send over a short, a short voice note. <laughs> Again, this is somebody who is not getting paid for this not been asked to do this, but going to, how can I use my unique talents, my unique things that I'm known for uh, and bless kids in this situation, but bless anybody uh, who is struggling in this hard time. What a cool, you know, it's another cool example of somebody uh, going, how can I be a blessing and then acting out on it? Well, and that's, and that's what I'm talking about too. I think, I mean, history has most certainly shown that in times of crisis, we tend to find the greatest innovations. I mean, right. think about even some of the conglomerates with the massive, mega successful innovators and businesses and organizations. A lot of them were birthed out of this like great and sometimes tragic need. And I'm not saying that like personalized voicemails is some incredible invention or innovation, but uh, I'm also, I just like I just like Jake Johnson. I don't know if you're a new girl guy. Did you watch new girl at all? No, no. Okay. So he, he, he plays a really lovable character on that show. And when I read stuff like this, and this is kind of why I wanted to include it, like just remember there is still good stuff happening in the world and we can be a part of that good stuff. Like, yes, care for your family. Yes. Follow the rules. But there also are, I think there are opportunities for all of us to kind of lean into, all right, 
not how can I make a name for myself or how can I capitalize on the moment, but how can I love my neighborhood or love my family or love my digital community? I think right. uh, his example and the example of these mini libraries and these 3D printed um, experiments, I think is uh, to me super inspiring and I hope that it inspired you in some way, Brian. I hope that it dissipate your anger at all. A little bit. I love the Good News Network. That's, that's going to be a place I go to now. I like that. That was good. Goodnewsnetwork.org. I cannot encourage you. To, I would go ahead and save that, bookmark it, because yes. uh, I think we're going to need a lot more of that in the coming days and weeks ahead. Coming up next, I want to talk about Liberty University. And uh, I think this might actually flare up Brian's anger again a little bit. <laughs> but we're going to go there anyway. That's what's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope you're like. Hey everyone, it's Ian Simpkins here. And I remember the first time that I actually learned about Thriving Financial. I was pastoring a church in Bartlett and me and two other pastors had this dream, this idea to better care for the marriages in our communities. And so we started to dream up this conference idea. What if we actually hosted a local conference to pour into marriages and couples in our churches, in our neighborhoods, in our communities and Thriving Financial kind of came alongside and not only like made the conference possible, but they were actually interested in partnering with us as churches, as pastors, to help people not only be wise with money, but to live more generously, which was always a value that I had and always struggled to find organizations that actually wanted to help our churches do that. And so that's actually kind of the beginning of what's been a really beautiful journey and relationship with Thrive and to actually be wise with money, to live generously and to help other people do the same. And so if that interests you, I'd encourage you to go to Thrivent.com to learn more. Coming up this hour, we're going to talk about Liberty University, and we're going to hear from some local voices about how they're navigating this crisis. This is The Common Good. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. If you want to find us, you can do that, but only digitally, obviously. Brian's not at Panera like he normally would be. Uh, Man, maybe that's why I'm angry today. Is that what it is? It's your lack of Panera intake. That's what it is. It is. It is. So you can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show. That is where we post all of the articles that we talk about. We even post some articles that we don't talk about. There's a lot of great dialogue and conversation happening there. You can also shoot us a message if you have ideas for a topic or a theme. Um, you can also share the page or review the page. All of that does really help us out right now. So if you wouldn't mind, you can head over to the common good radio show on Facebook, also 1160hope.com slash the common good and wherever it is, you get podcasts. We know a lot of people are listening to podcasts right now. And, uh, if, if this has been in any way helpful or encouraging to you and you want to share it or recommend it, or even just subscribe rate review, all of that does really help us out a whole lot. And Brian has mentioned it a couple of times today. He's feeling angry. Maybe, maybe <laughs> ornery. Let's, ornery. Let's, yes. Why don't we continue with that trend a little bit? Here's a story that, uh, that you found that you wanted to talk about. Fill us in on what's going on. So Jerry Falwell Jr., uh, the president of Liberty University, and people, again, we, I feel like we caveat this every time, but you can be like, why do you keep talking about him? Well, he is the president of uh, the largest evangelical college in the country, and he is for better or for worse, one of the faces of evangelicalism to our greater culture, right? He's very tied to, uh, he's, he's uh, pretty political, pr- pretty uh, tied to Donald Trump. Uh, and so uh, Falwell came out, you might remember we did the story a week or two ago where he basically was saying, 
he, he went on Fox News and called the coronavirus possibly a North uh, Korean weapon. Uh, and he really downplayed everything about it. Uh, he said he wasn't going to close his school. Well, he got pressure and uh, from the governor basically did what most states are doing and said, you can't have gatherings more than X number of people, which would have affected their school. So they took all their classwork online. Uh, and so you thought the story was over. Well, no, here is the headline. Thousands of Liberty students expected to return to campus amid coronavirus outbreak. As the corona, and this is just today, people, as the coronavirus threatens to spread across the Lynchburg region, that's where Liberty is, Liberty University officials are preparing to welcome back up to 5,000 students from spring break this week. Defying a national trend of campus closures, President Jerry Falwell Jr. has invited students to return to residence halls and has directed faculty members to continue to report to campus even as most classes move online. In an interview Sunday night, Falwell said somewhere between several hundred to more than 5,000 students are expected to live in campus dorms where they will continue coursework online rather than in classrooms. Meanwhile, hundreds of professors and instructors without a valid health exemption will come to campus and hold office hours. And this is how he's justified it. And I'll stop there and get what you think. I think we have a responsibility to our students who paid to be here, who want to be here, who love it here, to give them the ability to be with their friends, to continue their studies, enjoy the room and board they've already paid for, and to not interrupt their college life. So definitely going against the trend of every other college that I know of. Uh, let me ask you two questions. A, does it surprise you? And B, what do you think will come of this? Uh, it it does surprise me. I don't feel in any way qualified to try to predict what will come of this. I'm just a little confused. If they're still going to do their work online, what is the point? I think this is, if I could put it this way, I think this is a big middle finger to the governor because he's all fall while saying, all right, we will, we will abide by what you said and not have classes, but you can't make me stop it from letting people stay here. Huh? That's what it feels like to me. My hope is that this becomes a whole lot of nothing because parents will be smarter. Like if you had a kid there, you, I'd be like, you are coming home and you're coming home now. Right, right. Um, you know, it's, uh, but it, the fact that it's even an option and he's doing it as like a, we have a responsibility because they've paid to be here and we don't want to cut into their college life. If one kid, you and I have lived in college dorms before. Yeah. If one person gets sick in a college dorm, that thing spreads like wildfire, let alone uh, something like the coronavirus. Uh, he is just asking for trouble. And I know people are probably like, well, I thought it doesn't really affect college kids. Well, that's the whole point of this. This is just, going to spread it and spread it and spread it more. So you're upset then I'm hearing even in the it's tone frustrating. of your voice. It's frustrating. Yeah. You know what? It's just frustrating because he also at the same time is like we said, and this bothers us, but it's just the truth is one of the people who's held up as the voice of evangelicalism, right? He's put on cable news. He's standing next to the president. And so to have him standing up going, ah, I don't believe this is a big deal. I'm going to be totally different. Right. I think uh, it just makes the rest of our jobs a lot harder for one. And it puts a lot of lives at danger. Yeah, I get that. All right. Can I, can I make a right turn then? Go happier. I like your other story. Okay. I'm just going to go a little happier, right? You can read that article on the Facebook page, but I'm yep. just going to, I'm going to skip the headline and I'm going to read it for you from the top because I think it's fascinating. 
says, when it came time to pass the Peace Sunday at Pathway Baptist Church, Senior Pastor Mike Donald didn't hesitate. Everybody waved to the right, Donald said. In response, the hundreds of people at the Calvert Drive-In Theater in Calvert City, Kentucky, turned to their right and waved to the people sitting in the cars next to them. There's a smattering of honks in place of applause between songs <laughs> like, like Power in the Blood and Victory in Jesus and some prolonged blast to express appreciation for Kentucky, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir and the owners of the theater. Worship leaders bundled in winter coats stood six feet apart from each other beneath the blue awning and a deacon in a yellow safety vest led prayers. What a sight, Donald said, as he looked out across the cars parked at the theater. The church later counted 134 in aerial photos. The church... Mm-hmm has left the building. What do you think of this story? Oh, it's so cool. This is like we've been talking about over the last couple of days or last week or two. Uh, everybody, including churches, are needing to figure out what is life like now. And this is a really, um, uh, a really creative way to do it, right? Like uh, there's a drive-in theater in town. Everyone can stay in their car, or not can, has to stay in their cars. Right. Uh, he's up there preaching on a stage under an awning wh- away from the cars. Uh, and how do drive-ins work? You listen to it through your radio, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and so I just think this is, uh, it's a being creative, right? Like a lot of us don't have drive-in theaters in our areas. Um, although they're reporting a swell in the popularity of drive-in theaters during the pandemic as people look for entertainment and to get out of their houses. Um, I just, I, I think this is a fun story. It's a good story. And a lot of people went there. They said 134 cars. Uh, it says the Calvert drive-in theater has also hosted two weddings and a number of concerts. Uh, and so this is their way of saying, you know what, our people still want to physically be together, even though they're not allowed to physically be together. Right. Uh, so we're going to do the best that we can. I really think this is great. Oh, you think it's pronounced Calvert? You're probably right. I think so. I I just said, I just said Calvert like seven times, (laughs) like a, like a doofus. <laughs> I wasn't going to call you out. <laughs> no, I'm going to call myself out, man. I'm supposed to be able to read for a living. Um, I did want to offer kind of a charge too, because I, I had an idea to do something like this years and years and years ago before it was a necessity. You can actually buy FM transmitters on Amazon. Like you, if you had a projector and an FM transmitter, you could host something like this, just project something on the side of your house or on the side of a wall. Like I would love for cities and neighborhoods to rally around this idea because the safety of being able to stay in your car, but experiencing something together. I I don't know. That to me sounds really neat. And there's a lot of other stories kind of in this same vein, but I love, I love the fact that people are thinking innovatively um, and not just sort of like rolling over. Like obviously we'll look back on this 10, 15 years from now and we're not going to applaud every innovation. There's going to be some that we're going (laughs) to shake our head and say that, was an A for effort situation, but not a great idea. But I I don't know. I think things like this um, show the tenacity and the perseverance of the church in a way that doesn't feel slimy or opportunistic. Like I feel like I've seen a lot of ads lately that are really trying to like, unfortunately capitalize on this. And I think let's, let's not do that church. Let's not, you know, see this as like a, as a chance to, I don't know, Carpe diem, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you should yeah. still be um, faithfully grieving and cautious and all those things. But uh, yeah, it does my heart good to see some stories like this. I hope it does your heart good too, Brian. Are you saying that you you're saying that you could buy FM transmitters on Amazon? 
Yeah, that's what that's what you would need to do something like this. Yeah, an, an FM transmitter. Yep, fascinating. So cool. go search like them on Amazon. Story. Go search them on Amazon and host your own little drive-in thing. And you're if you live in a cul-de-sac or a space where you can project something, I think that would be amazing to see that all over the city. People hosting uh, like quarantined COVID nineteen drive-in movie nights or something. That I would be think, cool. I think that's that would interesting. Be, that'd be a blast. All right, coming up next, we're going to do something on the show that we've never done before. We're actually going to commit an entire segment and walk you through a guided prayer. So this is going to be a guided prayer experience and experiment here on The Common Good. Uh, And I'm going to encourage you to go ahead and get comfortable right now because uh, it's going to be quite an experience. That's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook, The Common Good Radio Show, 1160hope.com slash The Common Good or wherever it is you get your podcasts. And I think this is going to be a common good first. We're going to walk you through a guided prayer experience. We had our friend Chris Lass on the show just a couple weeks ago and he was talking about this project. You can text the word prayer project to 31996 and they send out new ones every Monday and Thursday. This one was recorded by his wife, Sari, actually weeks and weeks ago, but I just thought it was so timely for what we're experiencing right now. So what I want to do is invite you, if you're able, uh, to get into a comfortable spot. Uh, If you're driving, maybe not so much. I mean, keep your eyes open, but um, to put down whatever you're holding maybe and just sit still for the next seven minutes or so, and we're going to walk you through a guided prayer experience. Listen in. This morning, we'll walk through a morning examine, guided by Psalm 90. An examine is a simple reflection before the Lord, starting with gratitude, taking an inventory of our feelings and our desires, and looking ahead with prayer. Now, to begin... Take a deep breath. Unclench your jaw. Bring your shoulders down from your ears and take another deep breath. The reality that the sun has risen on a new day today is not an accident. There was intention in your Heavenly Father bringing you through to morning. Now, take a moment and become aware of the Holy Spirit's presence, His nearness. How might He speak today? Can you be open to a new word from Him? open to receiving refreshment, even if it challenges your own opinions or mood? Now, as we continue to breathe deeply, pray on an inhale, God, may I see you today? And on an exhale, in all things. see you today in all things.
moving to Psalm 90. Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Take a moment to reflect on that truth, that God is everlasting. Can you imagine him existing before the mountains were born? Do you sense the power, peace, and patience in his nature? He isn't hurried. He doesn't feel burdened by time's limitations today. Now, bring your focus to the verse that says, You have been our dwelling place for all generations. Imagine Him being a dwelling place for generations before you. Do you sense his trustworthiness? He was a trustworthy haven then, and he is for you today. Now, take time to dwell on the reality that the God who is from everlasting to everlasting and not burdened by the anxieties of time is also your dwelling place. Can you trust that He is a safe and sturdy dwelling place for you today? If not, ask Him to help you. Take a moment to express a prayer of thankfulness for his nature as your dwelling place. How might he be your dwelling place even in your day today? Ask him to show you. pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for being both powerful and safe. And thank you simply that you are a safe haven for me today. With a spirit of renewal and trust, let us end with a prayer by Jesuit John Veltri. Oh God, I find myself at the beginning of another day. I do not know what it will bring. Please help me to be ready for whatever it may be. If I am to stand up, help me to stand bravely. If I am to sit still, help me to sit quietly. If I am to lie low, help me to do it patiently. And if I am to do nothing, help me to do it gallantly. 
I pray just for today, for these 24 hours, that you would free my thinking and feelings from all forms of self-will, self-centeredness, dishonesty, and deception. I need this freedom to make my choices today according to your desires. Send your spirit to inspire me in time of doubt and indecision so that, together, we can walk along your path. Amen. Well, I hope that was helpful for you all. I imagine that for a lot of us, maybe that was the first time that you've heard something like that. But I think in this in this season of chaos and stress, um, things like this, rhythms like this, are actually really helpful and really important. My wife and I both found this one to be beautiful and biblical and helpful. So again, I want to encourage you, text the word prayer project, all lowercase, all one word, prayer project to the number 31996. And they're sending out new ones every Monday and Thursday. And the idea is to simply listen to that every morning for the next few days until the new one comes. And I think, man, in the midst of tumultuous waters, anchoring ourselves and listening to the voice of God and being attuned to his spirit and listening to his word uh, is a practice. Maybe you've never even thought about a practice like that before, um, but I think this is something that uh, is incredibly helpful, and I'm so, so grateful for Chris and Sari and their whole team and all that they've done to make that happen because I think it's remarkable. Yep. Well, coming up next, I mentioned this earlier, we've been asking different pastors and leaders to send us some audio just to encourage or to challenge or inspire us. So coming up next, our good friend, Pastor Chris Castaldo, is going to share some of his thoughts amidst the crisis. That's coming up next here on The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone, it's Ian Simpkins here. And after I had this experience with Thrivent where we were able to host this marriage conference with two other churches in the area, uh, my interest was kind of peaked with regards to what kind of organization this was. And it was really fascinating because they approached me, who was pastoring a church in Bartlett, and they said, we actually provide these free workshops for people that want to be wise with money and live generously. And so they sent me this link, and it was all these different topics, questions that people in my church actually were asking. And so it was remarkable. They hosted this workshop uh, a number of times in the coming months for people in our church to do just that, to, to be wise with money and to live generously. And that's kind of how this relationship began because there was this no strings attached kind of mentality. It was just their heart to give back, to partner with pastors and churches to help people uh, live generously, to be wise with money and live generously. And that was kind of the continuation of my relationship with them. And so if you're interested in learning more, I can't encourage you enough to head to Thrivent.com today. everyone. Welcome back to The Common Good. My name is Ian Simpkins, along with Brian Fromm. You can find us if you want to over on the Facebooks. Uh, the Common Good Radio Show is what you need to type in to find it. That's where we post all of our articles and videos and different segments. You can also make a suggestion. You can send us a message via the Facebook page if you have ideas or thoughts or topics. Uh, we really would love to hear from anyone who would like to weigh in. And uh, shout out to my buddy Trav, who a couple weeks ago was asking if we could just pray more during the show. And so yeah. we really do appreciate that feedback. We want this show to serve you all well. And we know, especially in these trying times, um, that's weighing even more heavily on our hearts. So we hope that the show doesn't just fill time or isn't just entertaining, but it actually is encouraging or challenging or gives you hope or life in some capacity. And just to say it, Brian and I are praying for you all too. We really, really, um, it is not lost on us what a humbling 
uh, weight it is to be able to have this show. And uh, I also want to mention that um, you can find us on the podcast and people I know are looking for podcast suggestions right now. So this might be a great opportunity to share it or at least subscribe, rate and review. All of that stuff does really help us out. And I had mentioned earlier in the show, and I'm just so grateful. We have a number of friends who've been sending in audio clips just of words of encouragement. And uh, this is a Chicago show, but we really, we know the way people all over the place listening, but we're asking people to just give a word of hope or encouragement. So our good buddy, Chris Castaldo over at New Covenant Church in Naperville uh, recorded a file um, and he actually offered it up to the church and said that we could use it. Before we listen to that though, I also wanted to mention Thriving Financial. I'm a Thriving member. I have been for a long time and they're a Fortune 500 company. They've been serving people for over a century. If you're sitting there thinking, man, this might be a good time for a career change, let me encourage you to at least check out Thriving. You can go to thrivent.com slash careers, or you can call 630-598-2128. And if you're entrepreneurial, or you like helping people with money, or just serving people in general, um, I think Thrivent might be a really, really great fit for you. Okay, so Chris Castaldo, great dude, has a church in Naperville, New Covenant Church, incredible church. Uh, he shared a message to his church. It's a video. So we'll post the video on uh, the Facebook page as well. And that'll become really apparent why I want you to watch the video in just a couple <laughs> of minutes. Um, but he had about a three minute video that he sent to his church that I just thought was really encouraging. So we wanted to share that with you all now. Greetings, New Covenant Church from the Castaldo home. I realize we're all a bit twitchy right now. And if we're not careful, we may fall into unmitigated neurosis. And so I wanted to take a moment and offer a word of encouragement. I was reading Exodus this morning, Exodus 16, and I was finding in this narrative, this is the story of Moses having led Israel out of Egypt uh, beyond Kadesh Barnea. Now God is providing for them. And he makes this promise that day by day, he will give them bread from heaven. But there's very specific instructions. They're not to hoard the bread. They're not to hold it over for the next day, but instead depend on him to provide each morning. So here's what it says in Exodus 16, starting in verse 19. Moses said to them, let none of you leave any of the bread over till the morning. But they did not listen to Moses. Some left, left the bread until the morning and it bred worms and it stank. And Moses was angry with them. Morning by morning they gathered it, each as much as they could eat. But when the sun grew hot, it melted. I read those words and I wondered, why did they disobey the Lord? Why did they take matters into their own hands instead of trusting God for his provision? I think the answer is fear. I think this is what we do as humans when we are afraid We feel as though our future is in our own hands and we must take control. And the whole enterprise of trusting God's promises and walking by faith and relying upon him goes out the window. So I want to caution you in these moments to not let yourself fall into that trap. Isn't it striking that we're now in the season of Lent? Lent, as you know, envisions the wilderness wandering of God's people. That's where we are at the moment as we look forward to Easter Sunday. And it's a time to grapple with our weakness and our desperate need for God. And so in this extraordinary moment of history, 
where we're contending with the great swirl of fear and anxiety associated with COVID-19. Let us be a people who avoid that trap by looking heavenward, remembering the promises of God, casting our cares upon Jesus, and together may we see his hand of provision for us. Yeah, there aren't many mask options left, honey. We're going we're gonna to have to get creative. Yeah. Well, I've got a few ideas about what we can do. No, I'm not going to put this on for the congregation. Okay, so how's that for an, uh, an ending, huh, Brian? You know, every now and then you're not expecting the way it's going to go. And then to see the uh, Darth Vader mask on the video, uh, you're like, all right, all right, that's good. We're doing it. I mean, it does. It's not quite as uh, quite as visceral in the audio format. So I encourage you. Good go point. Watch good it. point. Yeah, go it, watch it. Yeah, but, it's, uh, it's really good, man. And it's good to get some laughs in this kind of day, you know, and so, but I really appreciate what he said, you know, going back to Exodus and talking about the manna from heaven. Uh, it is we always need to be reminded that God is our provider. Uh, but especially in times like this, that he provides, um, like you, you go back to when they were wandering in the desert, uh, in the wilderness, what must it have been like? You ever read that in Exodus and go like, what must it have been like when the manna first fell from heaven? Yeah. Right. (laughs) They must've been going, what, what is this? And at some point it probably got old to them. Right. And so, um, sometimes we can, we can lose sight of how amazing it is that God is our provider. And uh, what a great reminder. I'm uh, thankful for Chris, thankful for that reminder that he gave us there today. I also think the thing that's interesting about the story with manna and how, you know, you were instructed not to hoard it, right? The, the idea was that's right. the dependence on God. I even think of like the Lord's prayer, right? Give us this day our daily bread. Most of us, would be unhappy if God only provided for our daily needs. Like, isn't that yeah. interesting? It's like the most well-known prayer in the history of the world. I also find it interesting that the disciples asked Jesus, teach us to pray like this. Like mm-hmm. they had seen him do incredible things. Like if I'm being really honest, my question is, hey, teach us the walking on water thing or yes. show me the multiplying food thing. They're like, no, no, no. How about the raising somebody from the dead move? (laughs) Right, right. They're they're saying, no, teach us to pray. Like we recognize that is the crux. That's the center of the whole thing. And in that prayer, give us this day our daily bread um, is a prayer of provision, but also dependence, right? Like our daily bread is not what most of us necessarily are praying for. And I think, I don't know, I, I like that Chris... Chris was willing to kind of delve into the topics of distrust, like why why are we tempted to to distrust or um, or struggle to trust God? I don't know. If, mm-hmm. As a pastor, have you ever experienced that particular feeling, Brian? Oh yeah, I think, uh, and and I think for me, it will often come out when things aren't going exactly as I either think they should or exactly as I want them to. Right. Uh, then it becomes like this. Well, why doesn't God see this situation like I do? Like you know. Right. Uh, and then you start making that argument like, well, God, it would bring you a lot of glory if, and you try to talk him into how he should do things. Uh, just because God doesn't do things on your timing or exactly the way you think they should be done, doesn't mean that God's not out of, out, uh, that God is not at work and that God can't be trusted. And so uh, I think that's another great reminder as to why. I, I think in my life, if I ask why, do, when and why do I distrust God, I think it has a lot to do with it not being the outcome or uh, the schedule that I would prefer it to be. 
Well, and I, and I think it's probably clear now, having listened to those three minutes from Chris, why I so much appreciate him and yes. his church. You can actually learn more at newcovenantnaperville.org. That's newcovenantnaperville.org. Uh, Chris also has written a number of really phenomenal books. So if you're interested in some reading right now, just Google Chris Castaldo, uh, type it into Amazon because uh, dude is brilliant. And I'm just grateful I feel pretty humbled actually to be able to call him a friend. So that to me, I'm, I'm grateful. And we're going to do a little bit more of that uh, in the coming days and weeks, just share different voices from different pastors and leaders and thinkers about how they're navigating these kind of unprecedented times. And uh, we're so grateful for the people who have already submitted audio. Y'all are, are such beacons of light in a really, really distressing time. Mm-hmm. And coming up next, rather than wrap up the show the way we normally do with some interweb insanity, uh, Brian Fromm and I are just going to share some pastoral thoughts ourselves, just some perspective about how we're grappling both as pastors and fathers and husbands. And I uh, hope that that's encouraging. So that's coming up next here on the common good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Hey everyone. Welcome back to the common good. My name is Ian Simpkins along with Brian Fromm. You can find us on Facebook, the common good radio show, 1160 hope.com slash the common good or wherever it is you get your podcast. If you're finding yourself a little stir crazy, a little bored, um, might I recommend the podcast and maybe even share it with somebody or subscribe to it, rate it, review it, either on the Facebook page or the podcast page. All of that does really help us out a whole lot. And uh, just to say it again, we are incredibly grateful for this platform, for this opportunity to serve you all, to love you all. We hope that this is encouraging. Um, If you have suggestions, you can head over to the Facebook page because we really want this time and to be helpful for you all as well. And uh, we do love, love, love hearing from all of you. And normally we would end the show with some kind of wacky interweb insanity. And we were just sort of talking the last day or two how some days that just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel how we should end it. So we're going to kind of call an audible. And um, if you hate the audible, let us know. But rather than ending just with some interweb insanities, we're, we're just going to sort of end talking pastorally back and forth a little bit, maybe offer some encouragement or some hope uh, amidst all the chaos. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you go first, Brian Fromm. Yeah, and I just had, can I, this has nothing, this is uh, apropos of nothing, but I just couldn't remember what day it was right now. That's one of the weird side effects of all of us being home every day. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the week between Christmas and New Year's when you're in college. Yeah, in my mind, I was like, is it Friday? No, wait, oh, Tuesday. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, I just wanted to, I've really been um, drawn to the Psalms in uh, the last couple of days, the last week since a lot of this has started. And because I think the Psalms, like you talked about yesterday, you know, I think you said a third of them are Psalms of lament and they're really just kind of, uh, you ride David's ro- uh, emotional roller coaster through the Psalms. It's kind of like his journal, the ups and the downs. And uh, Psalm chapter 91, it's a very well-known Psalm. Many of us know it. Uh, but David uh, is in the midst again of, uh, of danger. And we read this in Psalm chapter 91. Uh, I was thinking of this particularly because of this word uh, shelter, right? Like we are kind of mm-hmm. sheltered and uh, not shelter in place, but more or less we are, right? So we are needing to stay home. And he writes, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. That's Mm -hmm. Psalm chapter 91. 
uh, verses one and two out of the New Living Translation. And and I just, I, I am so drawn to passages like this. First of all, I love that imagery of being under the shadow of the Almighty, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're the, yeah. we take shelter in Him and, and we're shadowed. And then he declares, God alone, the Lord alone is my refuge. We're all looking. He says, my place of safety. Aren't we all looking for that place? Of, like what's going to provide us safety right now? And he says, he is my God and I trust him. And many of us, myself included, uh, people out there, maybe Ian, it, it, are having uh, at times difficult times in this whole go- thing going, where do I find my safety? Where can I put my trust? Mm. And Psalm 91 is a great reminder again uh, that, that God is good and he can be trusted and, uh, and we can go to him. So Psalm 91 verses one and two. How about you? Well, I knew that you were going to do a psalm. I'm in them. I'm in them. Yeah. And I was tempted to do a psalm myself, but uh, I wanted to try and change it up a little bit. So I'm going to read from Zephaniah. Is that all right? Get out of town. Is that even a book? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You went, to, you went to Wheaton, right? Is that? I did. <laughs> all right. Zephaniah 3, 14 through 20. Sing, daughter Zion. Shout aloud, Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, daughter Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm. On that day, they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear Zion. Do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord, your God, is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you, in his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And I love that idea of God's presence with us all the time. I remember hearing a preacher say years ago, he said, what's lacking is not God's presence. What's often lacking is our awareness. Mm. We are always in the presence of God. And yet so often, and I think especially in times of crisis and times of fear, yeah. it can be easy for us to miss that. And I think like you were saying earlier in the show, sometimes we just get distracted. Uh, it could be media. It could be real legitimate concerns. I think a lot of times the stuff that distracts us are legitimate. Um, but that idea that, we're never lacking God's presence. What we're often lacking is awareness. And this word from Zephaniah for me was just like, give me like a ton of bricks. Like, hey, amidst everything and all the stuff you have to do and all the course correction and all the fear and all the concern, never forget that God is with you, that he is for you, that he is God Emmanuel, that he's present in our midst. And I think, uh, I'll be honest, there, there are times that I can forget that that I'll just sort of go and go and go. And even as pastors, we can sometimes do good things apart from God. And I think that sometimes is the most dangerous, right? The, the reminder in Revelation 2 that um, they're doing good things, but they left their first love, that God never intended for us to do for him without also doing with him. And to yeah. remember in the midst of all of this, regardless of what your role is or your responsibility, whatever God's laid in your heart, uh, remember that God is with you. Let yes. him enter into all of that with you and uh, he will be our strength. So I hope that was helpful or encouraging in some capacity. We might still course correct in the coming days and weeks. We're not totally sure, but uh, it has been an honor to be with you all today. And we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow from 4 to 6 p.m. on AM 1160. Hope for your life. 